Welcome to Coffee with Jamie, a show about how to get unstuck from some of life's stickiest stuff, like burnout, divorce, loss, and more. Here is your host, Jamie Finney. Good morning. Hello there. Um, Welcome, and thank you for joining me. This is the Coffee with Jamie show. It's a show about getting unstuck. I am your host, Jamie Finney, and this is episode eight. Um, Today, we're going to be putting the steps into practice. So if you're joining me for the first time, you might not know what I mean, but the previous seven episodes have kind of parsed out my six steps for getting unstuck. And we, you know, divided them up across seven episodes to dig, dig in and explain through description and personal stories. And um, now for the sort of the back half of this season, I want to put the steps into practice a little bit. And so what that, what that looks like, we'll get to. I want to start with my mug memory for today. Um, it's a, it's another conference mug, which might be a re- recurring theme that you pick up from me if you listen to this a lot, but um, lots of conference mugs. But hey, it comes with a great memory, right? And so I want to I want to dig into the little mug memory for a minute. So the memory is the important piece. Um, today's mug is it's from a conference called NS Comp, like N like Nancy, S like Steve, Comp half of conference. (laughs) So it took place in Leicester, UK in 2015. It was uh, was actually my second conference invitation to an event hosted by the magnificent Steve Scott, known in the the community as Scotty. Um, NSConf was a, a community conference for iOS and Mac developers. So that's another theme you might pick up from me if you've listened to a few of my shows. I used to be very heavily in tech. I still am um, in some capacity. But yeah, so this particular conference for me was quite a pivot in topics. Um, historically, I had always spoken to the developer community about things like interpersonal and communication skills and design and onboarding for apps and copywriting for apps and um, you know digital products, which sounds broad, but it was the span of a few years. So every year you try to come to the table with new material, right? So people want to keep coming back and seeing what you have to say. So I covered quite a range of, of material from my own work experiences and you know, lessons and failings and succeedings. <laughs> anyway, so in 2014, when I received the invitation to speak at NSConf 2015, I asked Scotty if I could do a talk about burnout. Um, I wasn't sure if he'd be okay with that since the topic seemed a little taboo. You know, it was like not a lot of people were really openly talking about it then. I know often, you know, if you're putting that in the headline, like a company's like, I'm going to send you to a, a work conference where they talk about burnout. I don't know if that's such a great idea, but, you know, at least in our community, burnout wasn't something we were actively talking about. And so it was a little uncertain, but Scotty said, absolutely. And that he trusted me with whatever I wanted to deliver. And so, um, so that was what I prepared my talk around, you know, and it was around the stuff I had been working through um, in, you know, for 
listeners who've been with me since the beginning of the show, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, when I lost my dad in 2012 and trying to work through all of the stuff there, well, this was 2014 when I thought, you know what, I've worked through some stuff and I've really found some methods that work for me. And I had based my you know, life design on designing a product. So I felt like this would be a great topic to share with a developer community. And so um, the setup on the stage was really cool at NSConf. It was, it was so awesome. It was in this very old historic theater in Leicester, England. And um, there was this really amazing like red leather sofa on the stage. There was a fully stocked bar also on the stage. And I was going to be doing my talk at 10 a.m. local time, which was the equivalent of like 3 a.m. my home in my home time zone, which is the Pacific time zone. Anyway, I, I gave the talk, my first ever talk on burnout. And long before I had turned them into the six steps I share on the show, it was my first sort of formulation and translation of working through designing my life as if it were a digital product. And it was very much geared toward the product making audience, you know, that understood sort of that digital product process. I talked a lot about what the process looked like and how after a couple of years of constant trial, effort, failing, succeeding, but, but let's just say constant learning, um, that I had I had arrived at building out a pretty awesome corporate coaching situation, which was really awesome. So that, you know, that sort of shift in all of this trial and error had shifted me in that direction. And then after that talk that I did, I couldn't believe how many people from that community approached me to share their own stories of loss, of struggle, of burnout, of more of like complicated life situations and how I was able to work with many of them to help them design their way out of a variety of stuck places. And, and that is the memory that comes with today's mug. And I was very excited to share that one with you. Um, what's inside my awesome NSConf mug today? Well, a very special thanks to Victor S. on Instagram, who introduced me to something called Swift Cup Coffee, it's um, interestingly the name as a side note, like Swift is also a developer language that iOS developers use, which I thought was just such a funny tie-in. Um, Victor seems to have no relation to the iOS community, but wanted to share this instant, it's like a specialty instant coffee. And he wanted to share it with me um, because I always comment on how I love Taster's Choice instant coffee crystals. And so he was like, hey, have you ever heard of Swift Cup Coffee? Um, it's an instant coffee, which is really good and you might like it. And so thanks to Victor, I am having a cup of, I received a, a little variety pack, which had three different blends to try. Um, it's a sampler containing a house blend, a Brazil and an Ethiopia. And I'm, I'm sipping on the Brazil today, which I think is my favorite of the three flavors. Um, I went for that today. And I should mention that this was a gift, not a sponsorship. I'm not, um, there's no sponsorship um, affiliation there. I just wanted to share both uh, extreme gratitude as well as my genuine enjoyment of the flavors for this, especially for an instant coffee. It's really, really nice. So I, I might have to um, do to, to uh, Victor's 
um, nice contribution here. I was like, man, I might have to go down the instant coffee rabbit hole and see what else exists out there. I don't think it ever occurred to me to even Google what other types of instant coffees were out there before. I honestly, I don't even think it occurred to me that there might be more than just taster's choice out there. I had no idea, but now I know. And now I've got some research and Googling to do and to see what else I can come up with. Okay. Okay. All right. Enough about coffee and mugs, right? All right. This is coffee with Jamie though. So I feel like it, it's a very relatable topic. <laughs> so, well, let's talk a little bit about these six steps and and putting it into practice. And I did mention, I think in the last couple episodes or two, that once we covered the six steps in, you know, episode by episode, the six steps for getting unstuck, I wanted to explore and experiment the format of this show a little. Um, and so I also asked you, the listeners, for your input, your stories, your questions. And so here comes a little shift in the traditional, well, what, seven episodes of tradition? Um, Anyway, a little shift in format. I'm going to actually start with what I call the community piece of the show. And I'm going to center around this piece today for for this whole episode. We're going to be centered around this email that I received. So the community piece of the show is the part where I get to share your stories, questions, thoughts, and really anything you'd like to share on the topic of getting unstuck or even coffee as Victor showed us. Um, But this week I received a really amazing email with a really good framing on what I would relate to as a very common challenge. And uh, this one shall remain without a name, but the listener writes, I suffer from too many things on my list syndrome, or more accurately, lists, plural. He continues to write, the things are added to the list faster than I can get them done. Too many interests, too many things that need doing in the world, and so on. I suspect that other creative people with active brains may have this kind of stuck also. Now, I'm thinking you will answer, this is exactly the purpose of compass of intention. Anything that doesn't get through the compass of intention filter gets removed. I did add a probably never list that I can put things onto that are interesting, but that I'm unlikely to actually do. This list exists for two reasons. One, writing it down somewhere lets me get it out of my head where it won't leave me alone otherwise. And number two, it lowers the perceived sacrifice of deciding not to do it. He continues, I've had trouble getting a compass of intention put together. And without that, the other steps are kind of blocked. Though the tiny challenges one is one I can start and do. Tried once and decided what I was going to do starting the day after my birthday, but then forgot to start for the first three days. So blah. All right. So that, that kind of sums up the email that I received. And you know what? I have to say, like, so first, yes, I, I think this is a lot more common than not, um, you know, to have too many things on the list and holy macaroni, where do you even start? Um, and I, I think there's a contrast of that too, where it's like, we have so many things we have to do that where do we ever find time for the things we want to do? Um, let alone prioritize anything, right? 
Okay. But that's, that one I want to keep separate from this. I want this one to be more like the focus is more on like, I have so many things on my list. Like, where do you even start? So that's, that's kind of the focus. So while this listener did say, basically they said, you know, I know you're probably going to point out the compass of intention, but I've tried that and I failed. Now what? I'm exactly back to where I was. So my short answer on this, I'm going to give a short answer and then I'll elaborate a bit with this story and then I'll try to tie it all together in the end. All right. So bear with me. Let's go on a little journey here. So while I have a list of of sequenced steps, one through six that work for me, I want to remind you all that it, it literally took me years to figure out the sequence that worked for me. I, I've read a zillion self-help and motivation books with process that are processes that are similar, but but different. Um, some approaches are wildly different than mine, and some are remarkably similar similar. Um, but they're written up by people who found something that works for them. And while I totally know that my process works for me and I've used it to help lots and lots of other people, there may be some tweaks that you need to do in order to shape the process that meets you where you're at. And and sometimes you can pick a thing that will make you feel better in some way, and it may not be in the sequence or even on one of your lists. So I want to share this short little story about coffee cups that I wrote in 2015 when I was going through a lot. Um, All right. So as someone who spent 15 years designing human computer slash interactive experiences, observing inefficiencies and efficiencies in everyday life, this is something I should be keenly aware of, and not just in the products I've helped people shape. Ken, my significant other, pointed out a couple of months ago that it might be really nice and practical if in my kitchen, the coffee cups were actually located near the coffee maker, a small thing that could improve time and convenience in the coffee making process, part of my daily routine. This is something that translates to efficiency in starting one's day, which further translates into a broader simplification of life in general. Do you know what my first response to his comment was? I cried. If you know me at all, you know I'm not much of a cry as a reaction kind of girl, except at like funerals and seemingly logical places where it seems like crying may be deemed normal or expected and don't worry I've been working on that too, (laughs) but I didn't cry because my cabinets could be better organized and someone noticed, but rather having this minor inefficiency gently pointed out to me, it felt like this massive highlighter on the disarray I was feeling that I had accumulated over the previous few years. The loss of control and feeling overwhelmed in so many pockets of my life. I'd gone through divorce. I'd lost my dad. I, you know, just all of these little loss of control and feeling overwhelmed. It it was something I had managed to work around for a long time to the point that I didn't really even notice that it was an inefficiency. The idea of acknowledging this inefficiency and actually doing something about it, it was and is a bit scary. But, you know, 
It's time to ease out of this feeling. It's not about control. It's about feeling relieved. It's about piece by piece making life a bit lighter. Life is an experience I'm excited about designing, and I'm going to start with coffee cups. And so, you know, that's the the close of my little story there. The story came out of this time where I had been working really hard to get out of some really thick life stuff. And my list of to-dos was, and is, it's a lot like our listeners, it sounds like, you know, just overwhelmed with so many things that you have to do, so many things you want to do. Where do you start? What do you pick? How do you even decide? And especially if you can't even get to a place where you have a process to filter things through or weigh things against, you know, at, at the time when the coffee cup story was written, I had written out my compass of intention, you know, a, pr- a couple of years prior. But at that time, I don't even think I had made the connection that I could use it for other things like rearranging a cabinet. So it was something that I ended up making time. The cabinet rearrangement was something I made time for. And I ended up tackling that for two kind of completely separate reasons. It was one, because I knew that Ken was right about the efficiency aspect. And small efficiencies do filter out in other ways throughout your day-to-day life. And I, I knew that. I was able to recognize that. You know, He wasn't attacking me. He wasn't, you know, I took it very personally at first and, and very emotionally. I was like, what's wrong with what I have and the way I have it? You know, just like it was, it hurt a little at first. But when I I took a step back and and realized he's not attacking me, he's actually trying to help me. And and so this number two reason was that Ken wanted to help me and not just help me by pointing out an inefficiency, but actually like come help me remove things from all my cabinets, go through the things that didn't need to be there anymore, and then put things back in a more efficient and organized way. And sometimes having somebody who doesn't live in your house with you, who doesn't use that kitchen every day the way that you do, sometimes it takes that outside perspective to give you insight that, you know, maybe this isn't the most efficient way. Maybe it was efficient, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago when you moved into the house, but things have changed and your life has changed. You know, when I had that initial setup, I don't even think I drank coffee initially when I moved into this house. I didn't start drinking coffee until after my divorce. And, you know, it was something I had. I definitely had coffee previously, but I had stopped drinking it for a batch of years. And then, oh, interestingly, as, as a sort of a I don't know if it was a celebration of my divorce, but it was like this small little thing that I did. I loved coffee, often drank it. I I was drinking it at work only. Um, That was kind of my little, you know, guilty pleasure. I'll have coffee at work. Um, But I bought a coffee maker um, right after my divorce. And when I would drink it, I would call it my freedom coffee. <laughs> and so like my connection with coffee runs deep. <laughs> I just want you to know that. But um, so I think that, you know, I had mugs. I, I don't know, maybe I was a hot chocolate drinker mostly and probably had my hot chocolate like in a cabinet right next to it. I, I don't know. I don't really remember the exact setup, but once I had a coffee maker, I set it up near the plug. <laughs> you know, it was just the logical place. And um, my 
mugs were in a, a cabinet kind of over by the stove, which is, you know, a few steps away. But, um, you know, all of this is to say that, like, I, I had somebody who was willing to help me. I have a this connection with coffee now. My use of the kitchen is different. It changed over time. So it's a fair thing to reevaluate and to have somebody with an outside perspective. Sometimes that sheds new light on a situation, right? All right. So, so that was kind of like the coffee cup thing taken out of the sequence of steps, right? I didn't weigh it against my compass of intention at the time because I didn't even realize that I had a compass of intention at a time. At the time, um, at the time, it was what's important. I was calling it my what's important list, and and um, you know, it was that was more focused around my life shifts. And and yes, this does support those things now that I can go back and retrofit it sort of, but it didn't at the time. And so let's go back to the original question and see if we can tie this all together for our, our listener who took the time to write in. Um, how do you choose when you're overwhelmed with things on your list that are a blend of things you must do, need to do, and would like to do? And so I, I do want to point you very heavily to the, the first three steps on my unstuck process, which are compass of intention, is number one. Number two is big bulky desires. And number three is, is what's stopping you. And so let's say that like our listener, we already have several lists of things to do, um, which I would put under step two, big bulky desires. And like, however you break out your lists, like these are goals and things you want to accomplish, but they may also be things that you need or absolutely have to accomplish. Or like our listener, like some things that you'll never get to, but you don't want them stuck in your head. You need to get them out of your head. Maybe one day, you know, you can revisit that list. I think that's a great idea, by the way, to have a list of things that, you know, it's like unlikely, but let's just put them down there anyway, you know, just in case. Um, I think that's a, a great thing. But if you don't have a filter that's helping you prioritize these things, I think Let's look at the lists that you do have and, and then really focus, you know, if you've tried the compass of intention process per episode one, and it's not working out for you to get that done, it's too time intensive, or you just, you know, can't, can't seem to narrow it down. That's okay. I, I say you have your lists, you have things that you want to do. If you can get those out on paper um, or in a list format, your ever, whatever your preferred format is that you want to do that, but then I want you to focus on what's stopping you. Um, number three, I actually, that one is, is not called what's stopping you. That's so funny that I uh, didn't think to actually call it what I call it. It's called confess and address. Um, and that's where we really, yeah, you look at what's stopping you. So the, the proper step, if you're looking for that episode is confess and address. And, you know, those things usually fall into like five categories, like time, money, physical effort, mental effort, and routine or change. And so the piece that I tend to focus on, if, if you, you know, without a filter, like with coffee cups, it was kind of about looking at at, you know, do I have help? Can I do this right now? Does it make sense to do right now? Um, and if if those sorts of questions aren't helping you surface a thing to focus on, then I say, kind of flip it. Don't focus on a thing like a you know an item from your list, but actually start with time first. And what I mean by that is you 
get to define a time window any way that you can make it fit, but you start with time first, like create a pocket of unclaimed time here or there, block it off on your calendar. Um, Many of us use, you know, our, our smartphones or some sort of digital calendaring system, if you, I, I do both. I have a digital calendar and a desktop paper calendar that I use, and I use them both. I try to keep them in sync, but sometimes I just need to sit down at my desk and look at both as a day begins. Whatever your method is for scheduling time, um, I want you to, to take some time, and we're going to start with the confess and address, and we're going to focus on time first. Um, and And doing that helps you create a space to make other things happen. And I don't care if you block off a two-minute time block or a 20-minute time block, or if you're able to give more time, I just don't want you to locate a pocket of time and I want you to create it where you might not think it exists. I want you to make it happen. So nothing more. Don't fill it with anything yet. Call it pocket of time. Schedule yourself a pocket of time. Once you've blocked off the time, then you'll get to decide what to do with that time. But sometimes just having like this little space of time, it's a thing that will make you smile, right? Like that's a first step. It's a big step and a bigger step than than I think we want to acknowledge sometimes, especially in the state of the gosh darn world right now. Like there's a lot of stuff going on in the world and we're coming, you know, we're still... We're still technically in a pandemic. So there's world events going on that are big and stressful. There's, you know, pandemic, global things going on. But then there's also the things in your day-to-day life, which, you know, that doesn't really make things feel any better sometimes, right? All right. So carve out time first. That would be my suggestion. Um, when you don't know where to start, start with time. And it's about carving out the time. And then, you know, sometimes just having that three minute pocket of time or that 45 minute pocket of time that you blocked out, it, it just feels miraculous sometimes when you get to do that. And if you're one of those folks, like I actually reached a point where I had a lot of time in my days and I was filling it with games. <laughs> I do that still. Um, I play, you know, little iPad games or iPhone games or uh, Nintendo Switch games, things that allow my mind to just process in sort of a downtime sort of way. I always play games that are easy and they don't require a great uh, cognitive load on my brain. So I choose kind of passive games that I can just poke at. And my brain, I feel like it works on other things while I'm doing that. So um, don't get overwhelmed about the block of time and how you how you fill it. Focus first on keeping it hollow. You know, use it to think. Maybe you've scheduled, you know, and it really depends on the duration of time that you've been able to carve out for yourself. I tend to uh, focus on the small blocks of time first, like a two or three minute, because that was exactly where I started in my own um, process. I started with, I need more time in my day and I don't have any. And so where do I make it when I feel like it doesn't exist? Well, for me, it was, I'm going to wake up five minutes earlier 
And usually waking up five minutes earlier just resulted in me hitting and hitting the snooze button um, until eventually it didn't. But I got, I, you know, had that alarm going off because the rhythm daily of, of me waking up five minutes earlier, eventually it, it becomes normal. Right. And so that was where I started was I set my alarm five minutes earlier to give myself five minutes more each day. And then with that five minutes, it became a little wedge. Like think of like a wedge for somebody who chops trees, right? Like they, they uh, create a little space, they put a wedge in and then they hit that wedge with a hammer. And eventually that, that splits the tree in the place where they've created a wedge. It makes that gap wider and eventually the tree separates. And so like, this is kind of what I was trying to do with my day, my time. I felt like I was overwhelmed as an independent mom with, you know, getting my kids where they needed to be doing my work. Um, and I needed to create more time. And that was how I started five minutes. And then once five minutes became normal, I expanded it. I added 10 to that five. So it was like a 15 minute wedge. And it's amazing what you can do in 15 minutes that you didn't have before. I mean, that's my entire coffee ritual, <laughs> like making coffee and sitting down for a few minutes to enjoy it. If that's, you know, that's how I want to start my day, setting my intention for the day. It's amazing what you can do with just this little window of time. And then over time, so that was like, I think I was waking up at, you know, probably seven back, back then. And then interestingly over time, like I, I started waking up like six 30. Right. And then over time I had, I had these interesting life events would come up. Like I was traveling for speaking. I was traveling for, um, work and I had East coast. I had this three weeks back to back where I was I was in the UK and then I was in the East coast and then I was in, um, I want to say Australia. And so it was like these three things where my clock, my internal clock was just completely destroyed and I was kind of operating on East coast time. So I kept waking up instead of at like six 30 for whatever reason, I just started automatically waking up at four 30 and like Pacific time zone. And, and so at first I kept saying, go back to sleep until 6.30, go back to sleep. And then one day I realized, I was like, wait, my body clock is trying to get me to wake up earlier. I should take advantage of these two hours. What a gift of time, two hours. I don't think I could have whittled that out. You know, maybe I could have with time, but it was about, you know, like, okay, I feel like my body is actually trying to tell me, um, you know, you have been trying to create more time for yourself. Here's a pocket of time, take two hours. And yes, ultimately it resulted in going to bed a little earlier. I value sleep like you would not imagine. Um, so I say, I wake up at four 30 and a lot of people go, Oh my gosh, that's bananas, you know, but I, I also, I'm usually in bed by around 9 PM with that, with that clock. So am I really gaining two hours? I believe I am because I I operate more efficiently in my early hours. I, I found over time and with age um, that my clock shifted to a point where I have, you know, I found my rhythms and my optimum 
output to be between 4.30 and 11.30 a.m. Pacific time. And so I encourage you to, to look for things like that. Like, do you wake up at midnight and can't go back to sleep? Could you be doing something with that time instead of laying there frustrated or letting your mind spin on things that you need to get done or, and, and, you know, back when I had a more dynamic schedule that way, where I was a more of a, a night owl, I did, I, I would get out of bed at midnight if I was in bed by that time. Um, sometimes I was just awake doing stuff. My optimum hours through my twenties were 9 PM to 3 AM, uh, you know, that kind of schedule. And then I would just wake up super late and I had a flexible work schedule where I could show up when I wanted. <laughs> so I had that sort of luxury, but, you know, work with what you've got to work with. And I think going back to um, the question of our listeners, like, how do you, you know, I haven't exactly answered, like, how do you prioritize what to choose on your list? But coming back to that, what I, I believe happens when you're able to make time and start to carve out time, the the gift of time allows you to prioritize things around, you know, what's important and what needs to get done in that pocket of time, but try to keep that pocket of time sacred, right? Like, don't just fill it with like, oh my gosh, I forgot to pay the water bill. I'm going to do that in my time slot because I have allocated time. And then it just becomes a part of the noise of your day to day. It's important to block out a time and a wedge of time that you can kind of, you know, keep sacred. and that you can fill with things that you're trying to chip away at. I think you have, you know, let's say you're able to carve out 45 minutes. That's a dreamy amount of time, right? If you're able to carve out 45 minutes of time once a week that you can schedule and routinely dedicate, keep sacred um, to, you know, and it's, it's designated for chipping away at bigger goals and things that you want to, then the prioritization of your goals will start to fall into place. And I encourage you to block out that time and don't fill it with anything until the right thing surfaces. It's like, I have 45 minutes. Now I'm going to go back to my big bulky desires list. Now that I've carved out this time, I've made it a routine for maybe a month, maybe a month I've been able to stay dedicated to this 45 minute block of time, or maybe it's only three minutes you, you follow, right? <laughs> All right. All right. So carve out the block of time, live it in your routine as a sacred space for at least a month. Just give it, you know, if, if you need to move faster and you want to start filling it with something meaningful, um, you know, more meaningful than time and space, that's okay. I think you decide that for yourself. It's your time. You get to decide what you do with it. But if you're still having trouble prioritizing, give yourself space first. Focus on breathing, you know, one breath at a time, like we talked about. Keep it hollow to start because eventually, when you've carved out this space and time for you, the thing that you're doing um, is going to kind of present itself. I, I really believe that. But if it's not presenting itself and you're starting to get antsy about what to do at that time, then what I encourage you to do is um, go back to your big bulky desires. If you haven't written your goals down, I think that's a, a great time to do it. Maybe you start using this time that you've carved out for yourself and you've made a routine for at least a month. Now you start populating it with if you know nothing rises to the surface, you start populating it with the figuring it out part, right? 
How do you look at your list and how do you prioritize? Um, prioritization for me always comes from looking at confess and address what's stopping me. And so I break out, you know, these are the things that interest me the most. These are the things that I might actually be able to knock out in a for a single 45 minute block or maybe across three. So you start looking at things like that, like what fits in this time block that I've carved out for myself? What stands out as important? What has the least resistance, like path to resistance? Is there, you know, anything that you could do right now and get that thing off your list? Um, and, and I think it's okay to fill that time with things that have to be done over things that want to be done, as long as it's moving you forward toward your your bigger goals, your big bulky desires. And um, I think they all feed into the ultimate happiness kind of, right? Our big bulky desires is just about knowing, having some destinations on your journey that you really are excited about getting to. That's what a goal is, you know? And it's a destination point. And there's going to be a lot that happens on the, the road trip part of that journey um, before you get to the destination. And I, I really think that that's, yeah, <laughs> I really think that that's what it comes down to. Um, I do think, you know, while I give you, a, I give you six steps in a sequence, the, you know, the compass of intention, number one, number two, big bulky desires, number three, confess and address. Number four is tiny challenges. And, and the listener that wrote in wrote, you know, I know I can take tiny challenges out of sequence and I can, that's something I can do right now. But I actually, I really think that many of these things can be, I, I think the first three can be taken out of sequence as well. And, you know, I've sequenced them. I think I said this earlier, I, I sequenced them in hindsight, like in hindsight, this is the ideal process, but for me to get to that, it took a lot of working through things in different ways to help me understand, okay, this is actually the process I went through. I started here and then I did this and then I did that. And then I did that. Right. And I, I went through these six steps and this is how I keep going. And this is where I start when I need to start over. But I think sometimes when we're just trying to get our footing and figure things out, when we feel overwhelmed, it's okay to chip away at where you're at. Like figuring out where you're at is, is a big step. And if you're able to bridge the gap between where you're at and where you want to be by pulling out pieces of these, these steps that work for you, I think that's a, a wonderful place to start. And there's really no rule here, right? Like if you, you fell out of my six step sequence and I, I'm not going to come to your house and be like, what are you doing? You know, I'm not going to come attack you for it. So, so, but what I would love, what I would really love is if you do take things out of sequence, kind of like what we've talked about today, you know, I'm saying, start with number two, look at your list, your list, and then go to number three and identify, you know, confess and address those things that are stopping you from chipping away at those goals. Um, the bigger, the bigger part with the compass of intention is really about aligning with your values. And I do think those are important. Like, I mean, hugely important. I don't want to make them seem unimportant. Like to me, it's, it's the thing that guides me in the right direction, 
but it doesn't mean you have to not do anything just because you don't have that step in place, right? Like there's so much you can be doing to keep moving. Um, and, and I think the whole premise of this show is getting unstuck. I think it's really important to acknowledge if you're stuck, that, that might be the starting point, right? And I, I think going back to looking at the thing that stops you and then um, working with that might be the place to start when you can't figure out where to start. So um, I hope that that answers your question, listener, in terms of like, where do I start when, I'm, when I don't know where to start? Now, I think at the beginning of that question, I mentioned that you know, it, it, I think a lot of times we're overwhelmed because we have too many things on our list and we don't know where to start. And by contrast, I get this from younger people a lot, like from the millennial demographic or even my own kids where they're like, how do you even decide what you want to be when you grow up? And, and, you know, I think this falls into the same category. It's like, there's so many options and my parents, you know, I grow up with them saying, you can do anything, um, anything you put your mind to. My dad wasn't quite that encouraging, but, (laughs) but, um, you know, but my mom certainly was, and my mom was always like, anything you put your mind to, you can do it, you know, and I'm kind of that sort of parent too, but I also want to equip my own kids with the tools to understand how to break things apart and to just start where you're at, right? Like figure out where you're at in order to figure out where you're going. And you don't always have to have a destination in mind. And I think I'm a perfect example of that. I still feel like I'm always iterating through what I want to be when I grow up. And when we launched Picture This Clothing, I thought, you know, I mean, for the first three years, I can tell you, like, I thought I found the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life. And then over time, like I had other things that I had left undone in order to focus on picture this, that really started kind of burning a hole in my soul um, in, and like saying, Hey, don't forget us. Like, remember the book that you started and wanted to finish? And so I needed to go back and say, okay, you know what? Maybe this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life three years ago. But just like with the coffee cup story, things shift. You don't have to pick something that works, you know, like forever. Like things change, life circumstances change. And so I think what what comes into play with the six steps for me is that every few years, I need a course correction. I need to kind of evaluate where I'm at. I need to take a look at my list, my compass of intention. I need to look at those things that I said. These are the things that are important to me. And I need to check them. I mean, like a validation check, right? I need to go back and say, yeah, okay, these are still solid. These are still the things that are important to me. Now, what are the goals that I have that support those? Have they shifted? And they do. They shift a lot with life circumstances, with world circumstances, with um, the things going on around you. And then the things that stop you shift too. Over time, you learn new things. You gather new experiences. You maybe, you know, in an effort to chip away at some of the things that have stopped you, it's like, oh, 
you know, money is a problem. I've learned how to earn more money or save more money, or maybe a combination of both um, in order to create some financial flexibility so that I can accomplish this goal or that goal. Um, if it's physical effort, you know, maybe it's like, oh, I'm not, I, I'm, I can't run a marathon because I've never done it before and I need to train to get there. It's the same thing. And so, um, yeah, you, you chip away over time and then, you know, in time you're ready, you're ready for a bigger thing or you're ready for a new thing. And I think that's what it really comes down to. Oh my goodness. I, I feel like I could talk on that topic for a couple more hours, but I, I want to go back and say to the listener that, that submitted that email, like, thank you so much for that. I feel like there's a lot to work with there. And I really hope that what I've offered today and sort of deconstructing the steps and then, you know, put the focus here instead of there. I would love to hear your feedback on that. I would love for you to give it a try if it makes sense to you. If it doesn't make sense, I would love your feedback on that. And for anybody else out there listening that may be going through something similar or have experienced and have a different outcome or a different perspective, share that. Um, Share that with me and with this listener, because I think we have a lot to learn from each other. And I don't know. The best way to do that is just to start a dialogue about it, right? I don't know. I think that's what this show is all about. We get unstuck together. We can help each other. We can be a reaching hand for each other. All right. And then I do want to say um, that you don't have to reach out about anything overly personal or deep. You can reach out about coffee like Victor did. Um, If you have a mug story that you'd like to share, I'm probably going to run out of mugs soon. So I'm going to need some new mug memories to make, right? (laughs) All right. So if you have, um, you know, something to share in the way, like if you're stuck or you're not stuck or you've been stuck and you got unstuck using a completely different process, I'm really curious about it. I would love for you to share that with me. Um, any sort of, I think relevant topic, but you can always just reach out and say hi to, <laughs> or questions like Leah and Deborah had from last week. I love hearing from the community. I feel like we're a very small community right now and your input and your feedback helps me grow and learn and shift too. And I like to learn out loud. That's a part of who I am and a part of the process that I work through. It's kind of being an example of um, failing often. I, I feel like I succeed a lot too. So I hope that I can be some sort of example um, in that way um, with my own life efforts. <laughs> so if you would like to, I guess, if you want to learn about more of the stuff I've done, I encourage you to visit my website. But if you'd like to reach out to me, that is um, where I'd like to point you to my website. Go to the show link on my website, coffeewithjamie.com. Scroll down a bit on that show page and you're going to see a big fat email button. Um, if you scroll down a little further, you're going to see all my social media links there. I do get a lot of um, a lot of comments on Instagram as well, and I I want to take a moment to talk about the Instagram thing because it yesterday was March first, today is March second, um, and March for me is my month of uh, a very focused tiny challenge where I do my doodle a day, which is 
I doodle on dried coffee stains. Um, and I, you know, they're usually these little characters. It's a little reflection of my soul and how I'm feeling that day. And every day in March, I do one a day for 31 days, but I also include a little journal post. And so that is only on Instagram or Facebook um, on the Coffee with Jamie Facebook page. Um, or Coffee with Jamie Instagram page. Um, I don't share that one on Twitter. And in my website, it only gives you the images. It doesn't give you the the text that goes with it. So I encourage you, if you're interested in looking at those, um, they're very personal. They're very meaningful to me. Um, and I enjoy sharing them with you. And the the connections that I've made through just those coffee doodles in the last year have been phenomenal. Like I can't um, express enough how meaningful a lot of those comments and connections have been. You know, I write over there. I often do just a quote that feel, you know, feel good quote, but often when I do the journal aspect, it's more meaningful. I reflect, you know, last year, my whole thing was on um, working through some parenting stuff and I've talked to that a few times, so I don't want to recap on it if you're interested listen to a previous episode, you'll know more. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, the Instagram thing, I started a new challenge, a 31 day challenge, tiny challenge, and I'll be doing that every day in March. Um, and so, yeah, I encourage you to join along over there. If you're interested, give me a follow and I'd love to have you along. And if you are interested in doing the challenge with me, um, a little doodle a day or something like that, something small and manageable. Um, and it doesn't have to be one of, you know, a doodle a day. It can be anything, anything you want to take on, share it with me. And just because March 1st was yesterday and it's already the second and you're already two days behind, don't worry about it. Start where you're at, pick up where you're at. You don't have to go back and make up for lost time. Just pick up, start today, start now. And you know, get through it then. You don't have to call it a 31 day challenge. Just call it your tiny challenges challenge and uh, define it and finish out the month with me. That'd be fun to do it together. If you do that, um, throw the hashtag coffee with Jamie on there because I want to be a cheerleader in your corner and to encourage you, um, as you, as you go through it. So Anyway, if you would like to reach out to me, please do that through the show link on my website, coffeewithjamie.com. And that's J-A-I-M-E-E.com, um, coffeewithjamie.com. Please let me know in your message if it's okay to share what you've shared with me. I don't have to share everything, but boy, it sure makes for a much more interesting show when I have your input to share with the other listeners and to respond to and to react to. Please let me know, um, in addition to if it's okay to share what you've shared, who, if I'm I'm able to attribute that with a name, Our, our listener from last week preferred no name. And I absolutely respect that. That's how we'll do it. However you want it, that's how we're going to roll. So um, a special note, um, the Coffee with Jamie show is in no way to be construed or substituted as psychological counseling, psychotherapy, mental health counseling, or any other type of psychotherapy or medical advice. The information I offer is based on my life, my own work experiences. And the purpose of the Coffee with Jamie show is really it's to assist people like you in making changes in their lives through supportive guidance and hopefully a bit of inspiration. 
if you're feeling like you're in a crisis or you need professional help, I've left some information in the show notes just for you. So please take a moment and and check that out if you feel like you need it. All right. I, I do want you to know that you're not alone out there. All right. All right. So how to listen to the show. If you want to listen, um, I, I actually think if you want to share this show with friends or anyone you think may find some value in it, you can listen live each week on the Voice America Network. There's a link directly to that also on the show page of my coffeewithjamie.com website or After the live broadcast every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific time, the episodes are posted to all the places you listen to your favorite podcasts. So for example, if you use Google Podcasts on your Android phone, you can search for Coffee with Jamie or Jamie Finney, and you should find the show. And like everything else I just threw at you, there are a few links uh, for some of the most common podcasts apps right there on the show page at coffee with J-A-I-M-E-E.com. So yeah. So, all right. I want you to be sure to join me next week for episode nine. I feel so lucky to have received such a wonderful listener material from last week. And excitingly, I do have another one queued up for next week, but I'm going to need more material to finish the season out. So I need to hear from you. <laughs> All right. All right. So um, I feel like your material is the best material and it really is great when it comes from you. So I hope you'll write in um, or take a minute to shoot something my way um, through email or social media, or heck, even if you want to do snail mail or mail a regular letter, I've got that information on my website as well. So um, yeah, for the rest of the season, we're going to be recapping the six steps through some of my own stories. Um, I love throwing out, ask me anything questions and all of that. Um, And I, I really think that that winds us down. I don't know about you, but I'm having a lot of fun. And when you reach out, it makes it even more awesome. So Thank you for joining me. I will catch you next week for another cup of coffee with Jamie. That's me, your host, Jamie Finney. All right, let's have a cup of coffee again next week. I will see you later. Thank you for taking the time for Coffee with Jamie. Please join Jamie Finney again next Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time and 7 a.m. Pacific Time for another cup of discussion and wisdom on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then. 